You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. From the author of the book by the same name, it's The Best Saturdays of Our Lives Podcast with Mark McFray. Hey everybody, welcome back to the cutesy baby trend, part two. Previously on the Super Friends, um, oh wait, I mean, (laughs) sorry folks, I watch a lot of TV. (laughs) Wrong show. (laughs) Previously on the cutesy baby era, Dan Clink and I discussed all the cutesy baby shows that came from the massive success of the Smurfs. So you had the Trollkins, which was sold to CBS. Hanna-Barbera also created the Smurf series. And um, there were a lot of cutesy characters that were just showing up thanks to the Smurfs. Uh, the Trollkins, the Shirt Tails, Puppies, New Adventures, the Monchichis, Alvin and the Chipmunks, of course. Yeah. And Muppet uh, Babies. And the Muppet Babies, yeah, which was like a huge, huge, huge success. Mm-hmm. Really big ratings, lots of episode renewals. Like the Muppet Babies was uh, CBS's Saturday morning ace in the hole for a long time. Right. We're going to continue this conversation because there's a lot more cutesy shows to get through. First up, we're up to 1984. And we have the Get Along Gang that was created by American Greeting Cards, a toy line division. Another attempt to port greeting cards over to Saturday morning. Right. And uh, they were a part of those characters from Cleveland, which featured uh, various animal characters. Right. And obviously, I mean, it kind of makes sense to me that, you know, a greeting card company that has cutesy characters would show up on Saturday morning during this time. Yeah, right. Right. And I think as the name implies, the Get Along Gang. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about getting along, everybody. Right. <laughs> it's all about how teamwork and friendship right. will will win the day. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, uh, a show like The Get Along Gang definitely did fit the era because cutesy was definitely the winning ratings trend. And then um, in 1985, the uh, American Greeting Cards Company really hit pay dirt by bringing the Care Bears uh, to television. And uh, which also featured, you know, the Care Bears, who are bears, but also various other animal characters. And this show was a huge, huge success. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, when when attempting to take greeting card properties and move them over to a Saturday morning format, if at first you don't succeed, try, 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 try again. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Right. So Boom. Yeah. Now we have the Care Bears. Right. And so, you know, as long as the trend is proving itself, networks are going to try to throw whatever they can against the wall to see what works in the ratings battle. Right. And so... Uh, yeah. So just prior to the Get Along Gang, uh, you know, we had the various shows coming from uh, American Greetings. And, uh, you know, you know what is it? Shirt Tales, uh, uh, Get Along Gang. Right. Right. Uh, they they kind of those shows kind of came and went right you know it's almost yeah. like they were you know throwing everything against the wall see what would stick uh 1983 there uh, they whipped out the care bears in a televised uh, made for television film right actually what, what was it called it was uh, it was it was called land the, without feelings yes land without okay. feelings movie that was syndicated in 1983 right. 
I'm sorry to say that I uh, missed the big debut of the Care Bears. Um, <laughs> um, and not to give away my age or anything, but by the 80s, um, I was being very selective about, you know, what animated cartoons I watched, E-Man. And uh, so um, I sort of missed the Care Bears. Oh, well, in the 80s, I was right in, in the thick of it. So I could go ahead and speak to uh, speak speak to this, uh, and I, I wasn't selective at all. If it was animated, I was absorbing it definitely. Right. Uh, so in '83, yeah, they they, they uh, had a, an animated film, and it resonated. It must have stuck because by '85 they went into full production of right. a regular series for the Care Bears that went on all the way through 1988 that ran concurrently with two. Uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, three. Films, and I don't mean made-for-TV movies. I mean uh, actual theatrical release. Yeah, films. yeah, like like big films, you know. Yeah, and the Caribbean sort of follows the trend of, you know, when you look at a, a series like GI Joe that had a five-episode tryout and then became a series. You know, right. it GI Joe Real American Hero really, really resonated with with viewers. You kind of saw the same trend happening with these cutesy shows oh yeah yeah absolutely in fact really saw that trend with so so many uh, children's programs at that time right what's care bears what what really in my mind you know uh, care bears being just so representative of the genre is they hit it on all levels all levels they were killing it on tv they were certainly getting their making their money at the box office and you could find them in the toy aisle Exactly. Merchandising for these guys was out of control. I had a, what did, which one did I have? All right. Well, to back up a little bit, what, what rep, what, 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 what kind of typifies the Care Bears is on their belly, if you will, is, would be a badge or an emblem. Of, right. Say a rainbow or a sunshine or a cloud or a moon. And that would mean your sleepy bear or I don't know, loves a lot bear. I don't know if that's a name. Uh, Rainbow Bear sounds like you've uh, LGBTQ really ahead of its time. Uh, you, you had uh, Thunderstorm Bear, which I don't think that was its name. I think it was probably Grumpy, but uh, yeah. And their their entire uh, the entire character motif would be summed up in the image <laughs> on on their belly. Interesting, you know. It sort of sounds like the shirt tails that were you know also created yeah. by you know Hallmark cards. Mm -hmm. Right, right. You know, and it seems like. American greeting cards, you know, took the same idea, of course, changed the characters and, and what they represented, but uh, seemed to have a better success with the Care Bears, rather, than um, Hallmark had with the Shirt Tails. Yeah, right, right. There's something about the Care Bears that just resonated. And, you know, I think they were also able to tap into that whole, the whole teddy bear notion. You know, oh, that's something yeah. that's almost that's when it comes to toys, if you will, teddy bears are are elemental. Right. You know, yeah. we're talking about, you know, almost almost like tapping into a child's reptile brain, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I get it. Interest. I mean, like, yeah. you know, you can't go wrong getting a toddler, a teddy bear, you no. know, teddy yeah. bears are still popular amongst all of the games and toys that have been out for a long time. I mean, the teddy bear has been a classic snuggle toy. I mean, a, a snuggle. I wouldn't I don't know if I would call it a toy, but, you know, a, a, 
a, definitely a stuffed animal that kids love right. to play with. I mean, right, exactly. My, my grandson, Bryce, has a couple of teddy bears already that right. he plays with, you know, so it's a classic. And so that probably, to your point, is why the Care Bears were such a huge, huge hit. Right. And I also think the idea that, you know, each of them represented by and large a, a positive feeling, a positive emotion kind of reinforced this. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I recall there was there was we, we, we it was kind of the 80s was kind of the beginning of the whole notion of a child's self-esteem is now on adult radars and whatnot, child psychologists and all of that uh, to to uh, you know, just 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 provide a healthier emotional environment for children. Is, oh, oh, you know. oh yeah oh yeah because i remember uh one of my friends you know he had three kids and all of a sudden the focus became making sure that the middle child wasn't being left out and and right. that the middle child had as much self-esteem as the older sibling or the the younger sibling psychologists figured out that the middle child sometimes was getting you know left in the shuffle in terms right. of uh, family dynamics and so right you know, a, right. a lot of this type of uh, feelings um, in terms of, you know, animated entertainment was going on. And if you, you can even trace it further back, you know, a series like Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids, I mean, sure. they tackled all sorts of uh, social issues. Right. And they had psychologists working on that series as well. And uh, there's a funny story that Lou Scheimer talks about how they hired psychologists for Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids and then the network hired the psychologist away because they created a position for psychologists to look over every story and script that was coming through on Saturday morning. So so by the 80s, it had just gone full full tilt, the whole how kids are feeling and reinforcing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, even though the Care Bears didn't have, say, the provenance of Sesame Street or or Mr. Rogers, mm-hmm. they certainly had the veneer right. of that. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, albeit Saturday morning, <laughs> like, or, or syndicated. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, not... Uh, not with, uh, I guess, not with the virtues of of, of a Sesame Street. Yeah, but, no, they they want your money, right? But, <laughs> but 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 they're gonna, but but you know, maybe they can help you out while they're taking it. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, and then it's it's good, you know. Also, the parents know that it's safe programming for their kids to watch. They can sit their kid in front of the TV and know that they're not going to see anything crazy or offensive. Right. Although. They, they, whenever the Care Bears are challenged, whenever they run across a scenario that can use some love and understanding, those emblems in their bellies are, are weaponized in a way. Oh. And they, bla- they blast out. And they call it the, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, it is a little, I don't know, creepy is the right word, but uh, it's called the Care Bear Stare, right? Uh-huh. And they all kind of line up and they, they, they kind of stare you down. And beams of, I suppose, love or kind of kinetic laser energy that represents love comes from the emblems in their belly. And they, they literally stand around and shoot the problem. The problem is usually a person mm-hmm. with the, what they call the Care Bear Stare. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so there, there, is an, there's, there is an action element uh, to the Care Bears in that regard. 
Okay, not to get too deep into this, but I'm about to get a little deep into this. Let's get a little deep into this, yeah. <laughs> Isn't this kind of forcing people <laughs> to be good as opposed to learning the lesson? I mean, come on. There was a He-Man Christmas special where Skeletor got caught up in the Christmas spirit and the magic of Christmas, but he wasn't forced, you know? No one brainwashed him or no one shot beams at him and made him do it, you know? Uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think we should move on. We then- can force you to love. <laughs> well, like I said, it's the same, same Mr. Rogers kids, okay? Right, right. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the song from Dream Girls, you know, the big song that the character Effie sings. And one of the lyrics is, I'm going to make you love me or you're going to love oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I guess the same could be applied <laughs> yeah. to the Care Bears. You're going to gonna love me no matter what. You know? Yeah, oh exactly. My gosh. You're so going to love me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that we are getting a little deep into it. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, you know, anyway. this is a children's television workshop. Right. Is, uh, <laughs> yeah. and I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention uh, the Care Bear Cousins, which was uh, uh, a line all the other animals you can think of that aren't bears, like elephants, lions. Uh, I'm sure there was a bird in there somewhere. And it was kind of an offshoot of the Care Bears called the Care Bear Cousins and more or less the same thing. Right, right. Well, that's cool. I like that idea that you could, yeah. you know, an elephant could be related to a bear or a bird, you know. Yeah, right, right. You know, it kind of reminds me of uh, the classic Sabrina the Teenage Witch series, which, you know, in that particular universe she was related to the werewolves and the Frankenstein monster and right. uh, the Invisible Man. And they were all different species, but they were all some somehow related. So right. I always thought that right. that was cool. Yeah. No, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the second Care Bears movie titled Care Bears 2, A New Generation, actually explores the origins of the Care Bear Cousins. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Hmm. You had to buy, get your parents to buy a movie ticket to be, be up on game when it came to okay. all that. All right. Yeah. Well, now you got me interested. I need to check the Care Bears out because, um, again, I was very selective. I was more action adventure type of guy. And, right. you know, I just felt like the Care Bears was just a little too cutesy, which is what we're talking about in this podcast. Uh, right. But now you got my interest and I feel like I need to, you know, definitely check it out. A- at least, you know, check out that the movie where uh, they have the origins of how the Care Bears became cousins. Well, yeah, and the first theatrical film was a little creepy, too. It takes place at a... There's, like, this orphan kid lives at a carnival and an evil book. Uh, anyway, it's... Uh, uh, I'll, I'll get you I'll get you a recommended uh, viewing list <laughs> yeah. for, uh, for the Care Bears. And, Still and, going to this day. And, right, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things I was going to mention, you said that uh, the first movie was a little creepy. One of the things that... I know that a lot of writers and animators were really trying to push in the 1980s was trying to make the cartoons a lot more edgier. And so if the first movie was a little creepy, you know, then that's probably as far as they can push it. I mean, sometimes because they are stopped by network censors or stopped by studio heads. No, we can't have that in. You know, sometimes I feel like movies that give kids movies back in the 80s that give a little bit of a creep factor. A lot of times I feel like those ideas were not fully ironed out or materialized. And so 
you kind of get like this kind of half creepy thing going on. Right. And it seems kind of weird for it to be in the story, but that's as far as the writers were allowed to push things. And so, you know, you kind of get the feeling that, okay, maybe this wouldn't be as creepy if they were allowed to actually... You know, if everything was fully fleshed out, if exactly. the characters, if if if, if the uh, if, if both uh, the theme and the setting, if everything had already been, you know, completely, right. you know, uh, well fleshed out, right? Then exactly. yeah, right. They wouldn't have to fall back on making it a little spooky and creepy. And it was. Right. I remember as a child being like, "Damn, this is this is kind of heavy," you know? Yeah, like what's going on here? Yeah, right, mm-hmm. right, right. So. I want to move on and I want to talk about something that you're like a really big expert on. Huh. And that would be, um, what's the name of that show? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever wonder why there are 24 hour kid networks? In my book, The Best Saturdays of Our Lives, I write about how Saturday morning became a competitive business and the proving ground for what would become the 24 hour kid network. My book covers the Big Bang of the 1960s explosion of high ratings to the early digital age of Saturday morning's last hurrah, the 1990s. You can purchase my book by going to thebestsaturdaysofourlives.com, and I will ship you a signed copy. Dragon Con 2021 is scheduled for Labor Day weekend, and whether it's an in-person event or once again goes virtual, the Dragon Con Report podcast crew will cover the con right up to the big event. So sit back with your bucket of brown, dragon's mead, apple pie, or whatever your beverage of choice, and tune in to the latest news, notes, interviews, discussions, and even a dragon tale or two on the Dragon Con Report, a proud member of the ESO Network. Check us out at dragonconreport.com. Why don't we get into uh, Wuzzles and then we'll make, we'll start episode three of the cutesy trend on gummy bears. How's that? Okay. Um, sound the, good? Yeah, that sounds good. The Wuzzles, they were like combination animals, I think. Uh, the Wuzzles, a cartoon that premiered in 1985. Uh, the idea is they are also cutesy baby animals, little round animals that were mashups. You'd take like a bumblebee and a lion and now you have a character called Bumble Lion and it was sort of, you know, again, hitching itself on the whole kind of, you know, self-esteem child psychology movement of the 80s while also pushing merchandise. And I had no idea. Michael Eisner, who had recently become the CEO of Disney, created uh, the D- Disney Television Animation Studio, uh, a, a, a division of Disney Animation solely dedicated to creating television content. And this appears to be one of their first forays into Saturday morning animation. Wow, that's that's really huge. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I talk about Michael Eisner in my book briefly, uh, The Best Saturdays of Our Lives book. Uh, free plug, everybody. Get it. Go to my website and Boom. order it. <laughs> right. Autograph copy. Right. Um, but in... Uh, in the 70s, Michael Eisner ran uh, Saturday morning television and, and reported into Fred Silverman. And he was also the executive that offered Hanna-Barbera new episodes of Scooby-Doo, which, right. you know, CBS didn't want to renew. So ABC decided, well, we'll make new episodes. And uh, which I thought was a really smart business decision, because the next thing you know, Scooby-Doo is doing huge ratings over on ABC. 
Right. And so I didn't know that he had uh, transitioned into, you know, working. I knew he was working at Disney, but I didn't know that he had actually created this studio. Right. Which is pretty cool. So let me ask you something. Um, What's that? Now that we're talking about Michael Eisner creating content for Saturday morning, which, you know, we both agreed was a smart move because Disney right. was essentially leaving money on the table when everyone is making, you know, huge profits selling their shows to Saturday morning. Was this the studio that eventually started making content for the Disney afternoon down the road? I would imagine so. I would imagine so. Yeah. Oh, sure. Like DuckTales, right, Rescue Rangers, right. all of that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I'm thinking. It has to be oh, yeah. the same studio, but yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Disney's television animation studio. Yeah, right that, there. That is really amazing. That is really amazing. You know, that's yeah. that's the situation where experience and opportunity comes together. You know, there's a lot said about Michael Eisner. Period. Just about him, who he is as a person and an executive. But for him to just start that division and um, get things going. I mean, I think that was just brilliant. More positive than a New Day pancake. More fun than a super kick party. It's the wrestling podcast from the host, who is the hammer swinging, burrito eating, well you know the rest, of Thunder Talk. Sexy Thor! It's the Ring of Thunder, found in the Thunderverse and among the great podcasts of the ESO Network. Hello. Have you ever wondered how much Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster sold Superman's rights to DC for? Or which uh, popular football star was Sam Wilson the Falcon's physical appearance based on? You can find all that and more at the History of Comics podcast, a podcast dedicated to the creators, events, history, and the companies that made the great comic book medium. Hosted and created by your friendly neighborhood, J.T. Wheatley. Please give it a listen at iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, and all our podcasting platforms. Thank you, and go ahead and enjoy yourself a good comic book. Look, we gotta talk. Yeah, Thunder Talk. We're going all kinds of sideways with that sweet nerd junk. Woke nerd junk. It's topical. Political. Dare I say radical. We've got all your latest news and reviews. Hot music. And a whole lot of comedy. But it ain't for kids. Definitely mature content. So let's talk. Let's talk Thunder Talk. Thunder Talk is a proud member of the ESO Network. You know, uh, Mark, uh, when we're talking about Michael Eisner, Disney and Disney's television animation studio, there was another show that they premiered on the exact same day, back to back with the Wuzzles. And you know what that was? Um, gummy Bears. Oh, right. The Gummy Bears, of course. Another right. 80 show that kind of fell off my radar for the same reason the Care Bears did. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, hey, you know, a bunch of bears having fun, funning around. Right. Yeah, right. I, I hear you. Well, hey. that was all in my wheelhouse. Oh, well, I ate the candy. Does that count for anything? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Probably Participation. Not. You get a participation yeah. trophy, right, I suppose. Right. Okay, cool. Uh, no, Gummy Bears is a show that actually ended up uh, creating a, a pretty deep mythology and we're going to tell you all about that next time on the best saturdays of our lives podcast where we discuss the cutesy era part three the best saturdays of our lives podcast is a co-production of the best saturdays of our lives studios and the weirdos workshop 
To get a personalized signed copy of the Best Saturdays of Our Lives book, go to thebestsaturdaysofourlives.com. This is Mark McRae signing off. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.